Welcome to episode 34 of the Listening Brain Podcast. Welcome to the Listening Brain. I'm your host, Todd Houston. In this podcast, we explore childhood hearing loss through the lives of the parents and families who are on this journey and the professionals who serve them. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. Today I have the pleasure of interviewing Heather Jensen. As a busy mom of eight, Heather is no stranger to doctor's appointments, speech therapy, audiologists, counseling, IEP meetings, and much more. She has spent the last 18 years learning about challenges her kids have or are facing, and then advocating for them so that they feel successful. These opportunities have taught her a great deal about therapy-based clinics and endeared her to the hardworking professionals that own them. Combining these experiences with her background in marketing has given Heather the unique opportunity to help therapy-based clinics build thriving and vibrant practices so that they can bring their much-needed services to more people. She is the owner of Therapy Marketing Solutions and Inspired Web Designs. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Heather Jensen. Well, Heather, welcome to the podcast. Can you share more about your family history and yourself? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here and to talk about my family and our experiences. Um, So I actually have eight children ranging from 20-year-old twins to a six-year-old. So we have um, spent a lot of time in speech-language pathology (laughs) with with SLPs, um, as I've had five children who have needed speech therapy in some way, shape, or form. Um, So um, I've got five boys and three girls. so definitely a lot of uh, rough housing and fun around here. <laughs> well, they need to give you an honorary degree as a speech pathologist, just right. from all your experience. <laughs> I have learned a lot about um, speech pathology and the field. So it's definitely been eye-opening and um, as well as, you know, um, most of my twin, Tanner, my oldest, one of my twins, um, he mm-hmm. started um uh, speech therapy at the age of three. And, um, you know, when he was born, he had a normal hearing test. And, um, so as far as speech therapy, um, it was mostly, we were working on articulation, uh, Mm -hmm. 
And uh, he has done that for years. You know, we just thought everything was great moving along until uh, an IEP meeting at our school um, and a, the speech language pathologist had mentioned that his hearing was um, that he had failed the hearing test that they had. Um, and they just had like a, a little machine. I don't even know what it's called. You might know, but <laughs> like a, like <laughs> to a, do screening. a quick test. Yeah, like yeah. a screening audiometer kind of thing. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so at the time, I don't know why. I don't know if it was just in passing during the IEP or if it was I was distracted or didn't, you know, I'm not really sure why, but I didn't really absorb that, that he had, you know, um, failed that hearing test. Uh, so um, he was probably, I would guess, at about 10 at that time. Um mm-hmm. And so we just continued along our way, you know, working on his speech um, and trying to improve his articulation and things like that. And it wasn't until mm-hmm. I met with her um, a couple years later that she had mentioned she's, you know, because I said, well, what's going on? It seems like he's not improving. It seems. And she said, you know, with his with his possible hearing loss. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> hearing loss. Um that it kind of, um, set off some alarms and we, you know, um, uh, met with an audiologist after that. Um, so it was an interesting experience first meeting with an audiologist. Um, we actually met with two and one after doing the audiogram test asked if my son had used a lot of chainsaws, <laughs> chainsaws, chainsaws. And I'm like, well, you know, I typically don't let my 13 year old play with chainsaws, but you know, uh, his father is Paul Bunyan, but don't, but don't yeah. worry. Though. Yeah. That's a weird question. I can, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of, like no, no chainsaws. Um, so, but, but yeah, it was kind of a surprise to us that he had hearing loss and that he had, um, you know, especially at the level of hearing loss, uh, that he had, because he's always been a really, um, a great student. He's done well in school. Um, other than, you know, struggling with articulation, we hadn't really seen anything um, with the exception of he always wanted to sit near the TV and we would be like, why <laughs> right. are you sitting so close to the TV? So, didn't, uh, so going back to that point in time, sitting next mm-hmm. to the TV or asking questions over or asking you to repeat things, was he doing any of those kinds of behaviors that were were obvious or was he kind of faking his way through, through it? He was definitely faking his way through (laughs) it. Um, Like I said, with the exception of the TV. And once we did find out Mm -hmm. um, how severe his hearing loss was, that was one of the things that we're like, well, no wonder why you're sitting by the TV. And he'd be like, no, I'm fine. It was still very Mm -hmm. much, you know, I'm fine. And it was probably um, a very, difficult time in life to find out that you have hearing loss. Um, you know, those who are born with it or those who might get it at early child, like have early childhood where it, you know, really develops, but being in middle school and hearing Mm -hmm. that, you know, you have hearing loss, um, at the time he had a goal of being, you know, joining the military and, um, he had a whole plan Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was going to join the military and do this and that. And, um, obviously, uh, or with his hearing loss, that was quickly, that, that goal was quickly gone, um, or that dream. So, and so um, what, what specifically was his diagnosis level of hearing loss in bilateral and 
all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is bilateral, bilateral, moderate, severe to severe hearing loss. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, oh, one more question. Did, did they say it was more of a, pro- they thought progressive component to this, or did they think, you know, some hearing loss was, you know, all the way back to those early, you know, those when he was three getting speech therapy and mm-hmm. first failed the screening, uh, back in those early days or, you know, what do they, do they have a diagnosis in terms of etiology? Yeah, I have not, um, there's not really been any diagnosis as far as to the why the hearing loss happened other than the possibility of chainsaws. Chainsaws (laughs) is the only thing. (laughs) That's a new one on me. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we have had, you know, obviously he's gone back to the audiologist several times and mm-hmm. his hearing loss has not changed. Um, so there's not that really, there's not really a progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully that remains the same for many years to come. Uh, and then as far as, you know, if it was possible that he'd struggled with hearing loss his whole entire life. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, we don't really have any definitive answers to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to, you know, if there was a way to pinpoint it, that would be great, especially where, um, uh, we've just uh, over the last six months have found out that my other son has hearing loss in one ear. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mm-hmm. not as, um, it's in the mild to moderate range where he doesn't need hearing aids at this point. But now that we see this trend, um, definitely curious as to if there's something, you know, genetically going on or if right. there's, um, with other, ch- with having other children as well, or as well as, you know, someday they might be parents. So, um, wanting to, right. to have more answers in that way would be great. Sure. Uh, and is there any family history of hearing loss or any? grandparents or sibling, your siblings or your husband's siblings or anything like that? No. And that's the surprising thing. We've never, we don't know anyone else who has hearing loss within our family other than after a certain point of age or point right. in time right. um, where they've developed it later on in life. So um, yeah, I have had all of my other children tested at this point in time and nobody else has hearing loss. Although I was quite surprised with a few of them because I sometimes <laughs> wonder if they can't hear me. <laughs> they have selective hearing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a different thing, right? <laughs> all right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so yeah. Talk, so talk to me about his, his journey in terms of getting that diagnosis sort of later and getting hearing aids and, and navigating, you know, middle school, because I think you'd mentioned uh, he also uh, also got braces and, uh, and and had other challenges to, to just sort of socially and mm-hmm. then getting diagnosed, diagnosed with hearing loss. And, and that was probably a lot to sort of to handle at that age. Yeah. Yeah, it really was a lot. And initially, when we found out that he had hearing loss, uh, neither one of us really we didn't really realize, you know, how significant it was. I mean, Mm -hmm. we didn't really understand. There's a whole learning curve to it, Mm -hmm. which I still feel like sometimes I don't know everything. Um, and I'm still learning. Uh, so we didn't, we didn't really recognize how it would impact his life. 
the impact that it would have. Well, it was just kind of like, okay, you failed the test. What's next? You know, at mm-hmm. that point in time. Um, and so it wasn't until we started getting he start, you know, like fitting for hearing aids and things like that, that mm-hmm. it really, um, <clears throat> we really started to see where it was changing his life. And, um, it was that struggle came about. Um, so, you know, middle school is a hard time anyways for any kid. Mm-hmm. And when you have braces, glasses, and all of a sudden hearing mm-hmm. aids, it's kind of the trifecta of nerdiness, right? Sure. <laughs> So to speak as like, as, as a middle school child or boy, Mm -hmm. especially. Um, So he really, he struggled with that quite a bit as well as when he did get those hearing aids. Um, I don't know if, uh, if they just were turned up too high initially, Mm -hmm. but um, it was, it was, uh, there was a lot of, he was just overwhelmed. Mm -hmm with the sound, with the noise. Um, I remember being in, you know, in that room and he, um, you know, received his hearing aids and um, they had done something with paper, made a noise with it. And he was just Mm. shocked that paper had a noise. Oh, really? That Mm. paper could like that if you crumpled it or if you kind of just ripped it in pieces that it, it made a noise. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was um, a little bit overwhelming to him as well. Just the amount of noise um, that was all of a sudden coming at him Mm -hmm. uh, was, was a bit overwhelming. So um, it was definitely a big change for him and a big adjustment for him. um, Especially at that time when he first got those hearing aids, they were just starting to do things like, uh, add in where you could, you know, uh, sync it with an iPad and change the different volumes when you're in different settings and things like that. And so, uh, the learning curve of all of that and trying to, um, figure out, okay, well on the bus, it sounds like this, but in the classroom, it sounds like that. And then at home, sometimes Mm -hmm. it sounds like this. And sometimes it's (laughs) depending on how much excitement (laughs) was in the home. Mm-hmm. And when you're not an only child, it can be a little bit noisier. <laughs> Just a little bit without many. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, definitely a lot of uh, change at one time. Yeah. And so how did, uh, what do you think was some of the strategies or, or how did, how did you guys help him get through that? What do you think he turned to for to, to lean on? I'm I'm hoping you guys and his his siblings, but you know what else do you think helped in those situations? Yeah, so um, definitely us and trying to figure out, you know, like I said, just how to use the hearing aids, how to um, to work with them, how to um, adjust them for different settings, um, and then the emotional, like you know, like I said, he had thought about being in the military at one point in time. So it made, and he's very goal oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was that transition of like, well, I don't know what to do with my life. And I'm like, well, thankfully you're 13, you know, (laughs) so we've got some time. Um, yeah, a little bit of time, things will change 27 times before then anyways. But, um, but he was able to kind of just try to, I think the biggest thing was emotionally navigating all of that. And how Um, was his social socialization and and friends and and interactions with, with other kids. How did that go? So I think it's gone pretty, it went pretty well. Um, I mean, he was always a very social kid. Uh, so 
um, hearing aids, he definitely struggled with, and he went through a period of time, you know, because as a rebellious teenager, that was a little bit of his rebellion where the hearing aids, mm-hmm. he didn't wear them as often. Um, and we actually saw where as COVID hit, um, where that really impacted him again, where mm-hmm. he realized I absolutely need these all of a sudden everyone's wearing masks. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the things that we didn't, uh, realize is the, how well he was at lip reading. Right. Um, and how that coping strategy was working for him up until COVID mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he couldn't read anyone's lips and, um, being in school. And then he's also been trying, uh, trying to learn Spanish, um, became very difficult. Learning a second language is, is difficult anyways. And then you add right. on, um, hearing loss and not being able to really hear all the consonants and things and words and all the sounds in the words make it, um, very challenging. Mm, that much harder. Right. Yeah. And, and and so how, how did high school go with him? Uh, you mentioned a rebellious teenager, which, uh, we can all understand that and, and have experienced that if we're parents. Um, so the same kinds of things that did, did, um, I guess, remained sort of outgoing social kid and, 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 and finished high school. Yeah. Yeah. So very outgoing. He's actually, he does cross country and track. Um, so his loves, and I, I, it's interesting because at the same time that he, um, we found out he had the hearing loss, he actually started to do track, started to, um, to participate in track. And I, I think that was a little bit of a coping mechanism as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was really good to have that outlet for him. Uh, and he is a diehard runner to this day, um, has, you know, um, goals of running in college and things like that. So that really helped. And that's a huge thing as far as, um, you know, one wouldn't think, okay, well you have hearing loss, so let's go put you in a extracurricular activity, but mm-hmm. I, I do think it really was beneficial for him in working through all of that. And, and then of course, um, you know, in social, um, settings and continuing to, um, you know, have friends and to make more friends and, um, and to feel confident in himself. It was a huge confidence booster for him, mm-hmm. um, which I think he needed after, you know, kind of struggling with some of the health problems that he was having. Right. Right. And so you'd mentioned, uh, after graduation, he's now, uh, out of the country, right? He is. And so talk about what he's doing now, which is exciting. Yeah. So he is actually living in Argentina right now. Um, he is doing some work for our church and, um, you know, speaking Spanish (laughs) and every day of his life. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's the best way to Um, learn. Yes. Yes. Definitely being immersed in the language and the culture is by far the easiest way to learn. Um, but he has struggled as he's gone, you know, with other people, um, acquiring that new language has been more difficult for him than for other people, uh, which has been frustrating Mm -hmm. because, you know, at times he's like, why am I the worst at speaking, you know, Spanish and everyone else has been doing it for as long as me or has had as much experience. And it's kind of that uphill battle, but we're starting to see where he's uh, turning that corner and 
Um, he said to me the other day, he's like, I'm actually struggling with English now because I speak Spanish so much, which is very normal. I know for people who are being, um, who are learning a new language and really being immersed in that language. Right. Um, so it's exciting to see him to overcome and, um, challenges that he's had. And I think that's the big lesson that I learned from him is that, mm. you know, we're all given challenges, but we can all continue to work hard and to work through them and overcome them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we often learn from our children and that's one of the, you know, the huge things that I've learned from him. Right. And I think a lot of parents need to hear that, that even there may be some challenges at the moment uh, in the end. I mean, we, other parents have gone through it. Other children have gone through it and they have survived and, uh, and it's possible to do that. Yeah. It's not only possible, but it's possible to thrive in it and to, um, to grow from it and to become, I mean, I just think the life lessons that he's learned as he's gone through these challenges, um, you know, I was actually in preparation for this podcast. I was talking Mm -hmm. to him a couple of weeks ago and I asked him, um, you know, what do you wish that you would have done differently or what do you wish that you would have known? And he said, I think the biggest challenge is that you don't know what you don't know with hearing Mm -hmm. loss. So often is, you know, you're using those coping mechanisms, whether it be lip reading or sitting at the front of the classroom or Mm -hmm. um, asking, you know, backup questions, especially with his, um, with him struggling with speech and articulation. He was very good at asking questions when he needed to, to, you know, get, to get more information and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. so we had all these coping mechanisms and then he was able to, um, to really push through all of that and to, um, to grow as a person from this. Um, so I think in the end, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a challenge, but it's a challenge that he, he would gladly take on again because of all the, the learning that he's been able to or all the growth that he's been able to, to go through. Right. So essentially he wouldn't change anything. He would rather, he, he would keep the life that he's had. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. made him the person that he is now, which is, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Which will serve him well, because I mean, he's able to see that again, like you said, we all have challenges, um, mm-hmm. but, and they seem really difficult and overwhelming at the moment and, or at the time, Um, but as we work through them and, you know, continue pushing forward, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, and that we can, uh, to move forward and, um, have great, wonderful things. Um, even with Mm -hmm. it, you know, with his hearing loss, he never really let it hold him back. He still tried out for choir. He still (laughs) tried to play a violin, you know, With at times he wasn't wearing hearing aids. So how well tuned that violin was, we don't really know. <laughs> right, right. Um that's good. So he did he didn't let it sort of define him. It was a part of him, but it didn't define what he mm-hmm. wanted to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think the other thing that he really brought up um is that he said, you know, I just I wish that I would have worn them all the time. I wish that I, I mean, he's like, I just made my life so much harder by, by pushing back and kind of rebelling against that. And, um, Mm -hmm. it just made my day to day that much 
more difficult. And so he's like, in hindsight, he's like, I wish I would just put them on my ears and wear them consistently because it would have been a lot easier than me trying to kind of struggle through it at times. Right. Exactly. Well, do you have any advice for, for maybe new parents who, who've just gotten a diagnosis of hearing loss in their infant? I know your, your history, your story is a little different because he Mm -hmm. passed his newborn hearing screening and all that. Um, and, and so what insights do you have for those parents who may be starting out in this journey? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest things are ask questions, ask, like, don't worry what you don't know. Just ask as many questions as you can, um, ask for resources. Uh, you know, there's an organization that we kind of worked with, um, and the name is evading me, but I worked without here as a nonprofit that was helpful in, in giving us, uh, you know, knowledge and opportunities, uh, for socializing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always helpful when you find other people who are a few steps ahead of you in that journey to give you insights. Um, I think those are the biggest takeaways. And then just, you know, obviously not if your child's an infant, but if you have a child who finds out a little bit later or something like that, just try to support them as best as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, encourage them in their other pursuits that they feel confident at. Uh, Cause you know, we can carry our confidence in one area to another. So um, really encourage them to, to do things that they feel good at. Um, so they're able to, to move forward. Um, I think that's wonderful advice. And Heather, I really appreciate you being on the podcast and coming on and talking about Tanner and giving some great advice to other parents. Uh, so I wish you all the best. And uh, hopefully, you know, of course, I wish Tanner all the best as well. He continues to do well in Argentina. Well, thank you so much. It's been great being here. I appreciate Heather joining us on the podcast. And I just admire how she's taking these experiences she's had with Tanner and her other children and she's turned that into uh, a real focus for her professional work and and marketing skills that she has. And I just wish her continued success in everything that she's doing. And I hope as well that Tanner continues to have much success as well. And with that, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please like subscribe or share and review the podcast. We really appreciate when you do that. It really helps us uh, to attract new subscribers, which was, which is really what we want to do. And until next time, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.